Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lindsay. Excited you're here. No matter where you're at, please hold on to your hat. Because in this Inspire Podcast, we are going to be talking about sex. You heard me right. On Zig Ziglar's audio program, Courtship After Marriage, Zig explains how to have a vibrant sex life. We want to share a portion of that with you today. I know what you're thinking. Quit talking and let me hear about it. Turn it up and I'll be back. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. It's safe to say that it's difficult to go through a single day without encountering sex presentations in some form or another. It's all over the internet. It's on many videos. It's certainly on television. We hear it in the public places. It's all over the place. And as a result, there are many people who've come to accept that as kind of a way of life. Now, one of the reasons for all of this is we have never really taught human sexuality and emphasize God's view of sexuality. If you will carefully read the Song of Solomon, or if you will listen to the tapes by Tommy Nelson uh, espousing on uh, sex as God imagined it and visualized it and taught it and endorsed it, you'll find it in his tapes and in uh, the Song of Solomon. Uh, God is all in favor of it. He invented it. He created it for our enjoyment. A lot of people think it's just for procreation. That's absolutely ridiculous. It is for the enjoyment of man. In the Christian context, and there's been study after study, I've already referenced them one other time, that prove that the more faith you have, the more faithful you are to your mate, the more you enjoy the sex itself. It is part of the package. It's an important part of the package. It is for the population of the earth, and that's the first thing God told us to do. But as you read the Bible, you will discover God created that for the enjoyment of the husband and the wife. That's what brings them closest of all together. When the Bible speaks of they knew each other, he's referencing the fact that, yes, they now have been involved in a sexual relationship. In the marriage life itself, it's exciting, it's proper, it's God-ordained, it's a real blessing. 
but most exciting of all relationships, the sexual relationship between the male and the female, between the husband and the wife, because it is so critical in so many lives. It brings on a lot of difficulty and it also brings so much pleasure and so much grief if it's properly handled. There's been an awful lot of uh, humor, a lot of jokes told about it. Probably the oldest of all is the one about the little 12-year-old boy who walks in and his dad said, son, I need to talk to you about sex. Little boy said, sure, dad. What is it you want to know? <laughs> well, you know, in, uh, in our day and age, there's a whole lot of unfortunate truth in what that youngster was saying. Uh, sex is beautiful, delightful, necessary. God made it so. It is an expression of oneness, a total commitment, a complete self-giving, a sacred obligation. Sex is not a right to claim selfishly, not a favor to withhold childlessly, not a weapon to dominate another, not a reward for good behavior. So what's the problem? To repeat what I said earlier, a lot of distorted ideas. Hollywood really thinks they're the one who came up with the idea. Interesting study was done by Red Book Magazine. Involved over 100,000 women. And what they discovered was this. That those women who have the deepest spiritual commitments have the greatest sexual relationships with their mates. Not what a lot of people have been led to believe about the biblical approach to marriage. Dr. David Seaman says the notion that Christians are repressed in Victorian is a myth. The fact is that a godly marriage provides the security that couples need for maximum sexual freedom and enjoyment. The sexual relationship is a significant part of marriage and the courtship after marriage concept. The physical closeness shared by two people committed to each other for life in the loving bonds of holy matrimony can be by far the most intimate and exciting phase of a healthy marriage. The truly sacred, beautiful, and holy act of sharing yourself completely with your mate brings marriage partners together more closely and lovingly than any other event. Tragically, many husbands and wives use their sexual relationship in a selfish, non-loving manner. Instead, husbands and wives must seek to find fulfillment in this most special of all marital relationships. Psychologists today will tell you that the most important sex organ is the brain, beyond any reasonable doubt. Sexual relationships doesn't start when the lights go out. As a matter of fact, sexual relationships start when the lights come on early in the morning. That's when the relationships really start. The problem basically, and I'm totally convinced of this, in the overwhelming majority of the relationship is not the sexual relationship, it is the relationship between the man and his wife. In the morning, if you wake up with a hug, I love you, sweetheart. Take a few minutes for coffee and conversation. When you get ready to go to work, fellas, and this will intrigue you no end, you want to kiss your wife goodbye. Not a peck on the cheek, 
I mean, you kiss her goodbye. As we'd say down home, you leave her well kissed. I mean, you strop one on her uh, before you leave. Now, there's a basic reason for that. A West German insurance company did a study, and here's what they discovered. Men who kiss their wives goodbye, I mean, kiss them goodbye, live an average of five and one-half years longer than do the men who do not. Fellas, this is serious. Your life's at stake. <laughs> now, ladies, there's, a, there, there's another aspect of this. The men who do this earn 20 to 30% more money than do the guys who have to leave home under their own power. <laughs> Not only that, but when you send that sucker off to work that way, I guarantee you he's going to head straight for home when he gets off from work. In the foyer, you see, the relationship really is every room of the house. The foyer, you kiss your wife goodbye, and that's where you have that positive re-entry. You know, a lot of husbands and wives, at the end of the day, when they get back together, what they basically do is they talk about that idiot down at the office. Or you can't believe it today, as hot as it was, they would not turn the air conditioning below 84 degrees. Or they'll gripe about this and gripe about the other. And what happens is husbands and wives, over a period of time, begin to associate getting back together with problems. And they don't look forward then to getting back together. What you do when you get home, you start the re-entry by talking about something pleasant. The neatest experience you've had all day. The most fun experience you've had all day. The greatest thing that happened to you that day. Then after dinner, when things are quieted down and you're further removed so that you can more objectively look at what the problems were, then you and your mate can talk about those difficulties in a much better way. Ladies, if you don't work, I'm talking about outside of the home, instead of uh, waiting for your husband and come in the front door and you're in the back of the house and you say, that's you, honey. You put on a little of that good, sweet smelling stuff. And when you see that it is honey, you greet honey there in the front and let him know that you're glad to see him. Let me tell you something. He's been working around attractive women all day in many cases who've had their best foot forward during the entire day. Make absolutely certain not only does he see the best looking, best smelling, but the friendliest girl he's seen all day long when he walks in that front door. Fellas, if you beat her home, you need to be doing some of those neat little things that will endear you to her. Studies reveal, and I'll talk about this more later, but the typical woman who works outside the home works 15 hours a week more than the husband does. We have got to give them some help if they're working outside of the home. The kitchen is another favorite courting place because if the way to a man's heart is through his stomach, then the man who helps in the kitchen where he can indulge in conversation are more respected and appreciated by their wives. The dining room is where communication really takes place. Something happens when you break bread together. That's where you should not be disciplined and correcting your children. That should be done later. The conversation at the dining room table should be pleasant. We should keep it moving and obviously you would never dream of having the television set on while you're having a meal.
most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. The den is the family room, or the den and the family room is where you kind of let your hair down. You relax in there. That's where you hold hands and uh, put your arm around each other. That's where sex education for the children really start. When they see the relationship between mom and dad, and you never let them see anything they cannot immediately participate in, but you're building a relationship there that is so important. They should see the hugging and the hand-holding. And and this is what uh, makes the uh, husband and wife both feel so special. If you read the Song of Solomon, for those uh, people who don't really understand what the relationship is, you know, it's amazing how much time he spent with his bride. He was interested in government. He was interested in horticulture. He was interested in architecture. He was interested in all of those things. And yet he found an awful lot of time to spend with his bride. When you read the Song of Solomon, ladies and gentlemen, you get a picture there that's absolutely magnificent. It is beautiful. It makes absolutely clear. You know, some people still believe 
that the sexual relation is primarily for the purpose of propagating the race. Well, obviously God had that in mind, but he makes it crystal clear that this is one of God's greatest gifts for our enjoyment under the rules and the regulations that are set out in his book. The interesting thing, one of the ironies of life is that men talk a lot about the sexual relationship, but the prime way to get their mates interested in it is not talking about it, but really becoming interested in each other. Most affairs take place not because the woman is a gorgeous hunk of femininity and not because the man is a hulk, but they get started because these people share their interests. They share their dreams and their hopes. They're not criticized or condemned, but the other person listens to what is being said. The interest is genuine. When I say genuine, the interest there appears to be genuine is the more proper word to use. It is perceived by both as being that. Let me tell you one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. Many years ago, I worked with a man who was the Romeo of the world. You've heard about people who had a girlfriend in every town. This guy had one on every He obviously didn't last long with the company I was working with. We parted company, and it was many years later when I saw him. I was in uh, his part of the state. It was late at night. I stopped in a coffee shop there to get a cup of coffee to keep me awake for the drive back to Columbia, South Carolina. And when I walked in the coffee shop, I heard a voice, Zig, over here! And I looked over, and there sat Romeo. And I said, well, partner, how you doing? He said, what you really mean is how's my love life? I said, no, what I really mean is how are you doing? But now that you brought it up, how is your love life? He said, Zig, absolutely magnificent. He said, I met this lonely little housewife, lives out in the north end of town, married to an absolute heel, a dirty, no good rascal if there ever was one. And he said, I just moved in and took over. And he said, man, life has never been so magnificent. I said, do I know this lady? And he said, sure, you know my wife. I said, yeah, I know your wife, but explain yourself. He said, well, Zig, I made an amazing discovery. He said, I discovered that if I said all of the nice things to my wife, was as kind and gentle and thoughtful and considerate of her, remembered the birthdays and the anniversaries, wrote those little notes, did those little things, I discovered I had the most beautiful, affectionate, loving, caring human being on earth right there under my own roof. What a tragedy. He didn't discover it years and years earlier. So many marriages could be so much better if we would learn to share, if we would learn to talk, if we would learn to communicate. I think of a story. This lady had the privilege of being seated on two different occasions. One occasion, she was with Gladstone, the prime minister of Britain. Another occasion, she was with Benjamin Disraeli, also a prime minister of Britain. Somebody asked her the question, tell me what you thought of these two men. She said, oh, when I was with Mr. Gladstone, I was convinced in my own mind beyond any reasonable doubt 
but he was the greatest human being who ever lived. He was brilliant. He was witty. He was charming. He was knowledgeable. He was informed. He was in control. He is absolutely a wonderful, brilliant human being. And she said, when I was with Mr. Disraeli, I was convinced that I was the most unique, amazing, charming, attractive person on this earth. I don't need to tell you which one she preferred, do I? If we can communicate to our mates their importance, how rare they are, how precious they are, how important they are, that's where your relationship is built. Wow, I am ready to get home to my sweet wife, Jennifer, and let her know how much I love her. There certainly is a lot to think about in this podcast. Whenever you're able to, go home and put it into action. If you are enjoying Zig Ziglar's Inspire podcast, we know you'll love the webcast. Just go to ZiglarZitlar.com. Check out what we call Success 2.0. This is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziglar. 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 Inspiring true performance.